Welcome everyone. This is uh, LDS Down Under. As you know, we're in the top 10 podcasts in Australia in uh, Rodney's list. <laughs> and uh, today we're joined here by uh, two brothers. The, the two, two brothers! Joined with LDS Down Under! Down Under! I've been working on that. Yeah. I love the girls' episode when they all did it. Yeah, it was yeah, yeah. It wasn't yeah, as good yeah, as yeah. it No, it wasn't. It was good though. No, 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 it wasn't good though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I want to start us off with this. I have two questions for us today. All right. Brethren. One question is, why do we close our eyes when we pray? Oh, okay. Nice one. That's nice a good one. question. I've been thinking about that because I'm teaching my children how to pray. <laughs> And they never close their eyes. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm always, I'm constantly saying to the kids, I'll, I'll start saying the prayer and I'll be like, oh wait, I should check and see if their eyes are closed because I want them to get into a habit of closing yeah. their eyes, <laughs> falling their arms, closing their eyes. Because if you don't, they're just walking around going, dear Heavenly yeah, Father, right. <laughs> thank you for dinner. I've almost left the room. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I've been consciously trying to be like, wait, are they closing their eyes? And they never do. Yeah, and so it's made me think a little bit about okay, why do we actually close our eyes? Why why do we fold our arms to close our eyes? And there is no hard and fast rule to it. Yeah. I don't think mm-hmm. it's just how can you focus? Yeah, that's right. You're in, you're trying to take away the distractions of the world for just a moment and focus all of your attention on speaking to your Father in heaven. So you, you've got we've got all these senses. We've got you know smell, taste, sight. Yeah. You can't block everything, but you try and make everything quiet mm-hmm. so your sound isn't distracting. Um, you fold your arms and everything so you're not fidgeting. Mm-hmm. I'm a fidget. And you close your eyes so what you're visualizing is the person that you're trying to speak to and the things that you want to say. And you want everyone else to be quiet and reverent as well so that that is not interrupted. So I'm trying to show the kids it's important, even if... Even if they can say the same prayer with their eyes open, mm-hmm. I want them to get into the habit of closing their eyes and focusing just to better understand that they're actually speaking to someone. And the cool thing the other day was, um, like my daughter is six turning seven and she's starting to say things like, when we pray, we speak to heavenly father. And I'm like, yes, mm. yes, she yeah, gets yeah, it. Yeah. We're not, we're not just doing this as a rope thing before you eat or yeah. before you go out or whatever. Mm-hmm. We're actually trying to have a conversation with Heavenly Father and it's supposed to be two ways. So even though she's the one that's speaking, mm-hmm. she knows that she's speaking to someone. Yeah. And I try and say to her, he speaks to us as well and he blesses us. And everything that we have that you're thanking him for comes from him. She's like, yeah, Heavenly Father gives me all my things. I'm like, yes. Nice. Yeah. Like that. My, my daughter tonight, when she was going to bed, she said that, um, oh, you know, sometimes I have bad dreams. I'm like, oh, good. Well, let's ask Heavenly Father in our dreams, in our prayers, to not have you know bad dreams. She's like, oh, okay, yeah, Yeah. and it's cute when kids pray. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, Yeah. they're like, oh, pray for Eden. (laughs) He's so nice, and you know, always funny things. Mention everything. (laughs) Oh, I remember. Yeah, there was one time she was like, oh. You know, please bless my teddies, and please bless this, and it went on for ages, and I'm, and I did the whole like. She's still in the room. She's so pure. so pure. Do you ever have fun with it and say things like, like, because you sometimes you have to tell them the things to say. Mm. Uh, Thank you for best dad in the whole world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, like, and they're like, 
Best dad in the whole world. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Because we were, we were we were we were talking about it the other day, and I saw it on social media, and it also said that um, the reason we close our eyes is because the best things are felt when your eyes are closed. Where it's you feel the best things when your eyes are closed, like when you're crying, your eyes are closed, and you're really feeling it when you're. Uh, um, saying prayers when you're sleeping because you're the most happiest close your eyes but um, there was a few more things there so I thought that was interesting because in my mission I used to like one of my companions never used to close his eyes uh-huh. and I was always like bro like come on he was like well show me a place in the bible where it tells me I have to close my eyes and I'll close them and I'm like haha to say <laughs> and then I thought it was, uh, so, but for me, I close my eyes because of wanting to focus on wanting to be mm. in that space. Yeah. And so that was one of my questions. Okay. Let yeah. me let me let me answer Please. with my little bit. So, um, <laughs> firstly, um, it reminds me of the old, um, you know, you look around and go, Rodney had his eyes open during the prayer. How do you know he had his eyes open? During the prayer? <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, exactly right. That's the classic. But um, so my my thoughts my thoughts on this are um, it's a couple of reasons. One is reverence, and two is focus. And just as you were explaining your bit there, it made me think that you know how people have heightened senses when they're down a sense. Mm-hmm. You know, like so blind people yeah, right. often hear better feel better that's what yeah. i can rebraille you know like so when we block out that one sense the sight because that is so i mean let's think about how much we take in with our vision it's uh you know it's really easy to be distracted if you've got your eyes doing something when you're trying to focus so your focus is so much more increased when you shut your eyes um because you're removing that all that distraction all that sense so it allows your other senses which the spirit let's be honest is a still small voice mm-hmm. to get the inspiration the revelation when you're focusing mm-hmm. on that and, and and it's a good one about the folding your arms you know like and, and, and stopping the fidgeting because i'm a fidgeter too like it's probably what we do but um yeah. if they didn't say do that i would be like yeah <laughs> I, I just would you know and people would people would come up with whatever yeah well it doesn't it doesn't say that we can't get a drink while we're while someone's <laughs> praying, you know, yeah. people would just have they'd have no concept. So yeah. I think it's, it's wise to be like, okay, yeah. well, take away your distractions. <laughs> yeah, fold your arms. If your arms are folded, then you're not fidgeting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's just respect. You know, it's, it's pinching your brother. Yeah, or yeah. Your I saw it's it's, oh. it's reverence, it's respect, and it's focus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Have you ever seen the movie uh, The Two Best Years? Oh heck yeah! The uh, best two years. Yeah. The best two years. Mm, I think so. Yeah. Okay, have you ever noticed there's a scene, and, I, and it came up because I had questions about prayer. There's a scene where all four missionaries are in the room and they're all praying different ways. I mean, I can't say I've noticed. It's yeah. been a long time since I watched it. If you it. actually notice, there's the, where they get down and pray, and one of them sort of oh, gets yeah, out of his yeah, knees yeah. and leans over. Mm-hmm. One of them folds his arms. One of them's one on of his bed. One of them's on his bed, yeah, yeah. Um, kneeling down. They all pray in a different way. Oh. And it was sort of that yeah, symbolism of the whole... Yeah, do what you do. Yeah, exactly What's best right. for you. It's, it's not that it has to be yeah. that way. There are other ways. Um, and it's what works for you yeah. and maybe what you're brought up with, etc. Yeah. But yeah, I, I always picked it up in that movie about that. Yeah, that's and cool. also, um, I read a book uh, by C.S. Lewis called uh, Screwtape, Screwtape, Screwtape Letters. Alice in Wonderland. 
Did he run? I think he run. Alice Wonderland did. I hope he didn't, because that's crazy. C.S. Lewis, I think. I'm sorry. C.S. Lewis is like the the religious scholar. I'm going to Google that. But he he says that you know in this in this in this book he talks about basically how Satan's angels, no, how, how, how they try to get us and how they try to be in our picture. And then he's always saying um, in the book, he's like, the humans don't know how important it is to have your body as, uh, to pray it a certain way. They, they've, they've misled it and they, they don't see it for what it is, but we want them to think that. We want them to think like prayer is nothing and they can mm. do whatever they want. And I was like, oh, snap. You know what I mean? Like just that thing of how it is good to be reverent, to go on your knees and to, you know what I mean, say your prayers. Um, but again, it's whatever suits you and how you communicate to your Heavenly Father at the mm-hmm. same time. And in asking that, then do you pray every time you eat or do you pray? So for, I used to pray yeah. every and, time I ate. And, and what you do now, yeah, I still think about that all the time. <laughs> so me and my wife, uh, my mission president. I'm waiting for something really weird. It is. <laughs> uh, me and my, my mission president, uh, he said that he 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 used to pray for every meal that he ate through, throughout the day, but he started um, praying at the start of each day for the food that he'll eat that day. <laughs> oh, he really so, wants to be efficient. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but so in that prayer, time, yeah. but the reason he, the reason behind it, he was saying that he was say he's saying he didn't want to just be like, "Have a please, just and then yeah, right. It's true. They are a bit want, forced and quick. Yeah, so he wanted to mean that prayer in the morning to really say it with his heart and be like, "I'm truly grateful." Well, I suppose it's better than not praying at all. Because yeah, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't pray at every single little thing I eat. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Really? So for me, I found out like I was like, yes, I love that because there's times where I'm like, uh, and then and I'm like, did did I really say that with my lips or did I say it with my heart? Do you know what I mean? But I so, know that. Well, sorry. Yeah. But yeah. like talking about that, right? So talking about praying yeah, multiple yeah. times a day. Why do we bless the food? To yeah. give thanks. To yeah. Give it's, thanks, it's, right? it's 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 actually mainly for thanks but yeah. i think also because this is the funny thing and this is one of the jokes about our, our religion and what we do we, we always pray and bless the food that may nourish and strengthen our bodies right and we can be like blessing, and strengthen our bodies we can be yeah. blessing a bucket of kfc a bunch of pizzas do you know what i mean and we'll yeah. always say that still because yeah, it's like yeah. the most common oh, phrase that we use right yeah, so yeah. bless this food that may nourish and strengthen our bodies it's just what we do but it's more about the gratitude. Thank you for giving us because God, yeah. everything comes from him, right? Which, so it's gratitude. Yeah. Which is my point about that is I feel like the reason we say prayers multiple times a day is that we are saying prayers multiple times a day. Uh, so we think about it more often throughout yeah. the day. Yeah. If you say one prayer, you might not have said any more prayers for the rest of the day, yeah, yeah, which yeah, is what yeah. I think about yeah. that comment. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, like, hold yeah, on, yeah. I actually don't mind it because it makes me think about him more often. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, That's and again, it goes back. It goes back to that thing of your your relationship with Heavenly Father, right? Like with mm. those four missionaries praying a different way. Yeah. So how I would look at saying a quick prayer, I'd look at that as I'd rather say a meaningful one at the start, but then again, communicating with Heavenly Father, no matter what or how you say it, mm. is still efficient. You know what I mean in other in other people's eyes, but then. Heavenly Father still notices that. He still sees it. So I think both is not a wrong or a right way. They're both a way of 
you still talk to your heavenly father. You yeah, know, the that fact that you're doing it yeah. in the first place yeah. is what yeah. really It's interesting. Yeah. It's like, is it quantity or quality? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. I, think to that, I think to that point as well, in the scriptures it says that we should pray always mm-hmm. and that we should have a prayer in our heart. So the question would be, how do you actually pray always? If, you, if you're saying that it's important to have like set prayers during the day in order to trigger a response of gratitude and remembering him, then what is the difference between that and then praying always? And as I think about that, I just think about my days. Like, what do I do during the day? And during the day, I have so many moments during the days where I'll think of a gospel thing or I'll listen to a gospel um, podcast or something, <laughs> something like that. And I'll hear a principle and I'll say in my heart, I'll be like, oh, thank Thank, thank you, Heavenly Father, for Revelation. Yeah, and yeah. I'd be like, oh, man, isn't Revelation just the best? Thank you so much. You know what I mean? And I'm not sitting there going, dear Heavenly Father. I, I, you don't have yeah, time yeah, yeah, all the yeah. time during yeah, the day yeah. to stop and tune absolutely everything out. But what you can do, or what I try and do and what I enjoy doing is during the day just being like, thank you so much, Heavenly Father, for for allowing me to know this. Like, I'm yeah. so grateful to know this. And then yeah, I just yeah, keep, yeah. it's four seconds going, yeah. thought and I just keep moving. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily stop and bow my head mm-hmm. or anything, but I try and have that prayer of gratitude through the day. So yeah, that if yeah. I am thinking about yeah. something that I'm blessed with, or I am thinking about, um, yeah, something to be grateful for, whatever it might be, I say things like, yeah, God, thank you so much for this. This is mm-hmm. amazing. And I have that little, that special feeling that you get when um, the Holy Ghost says, oh, good on you for being grateful. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, when, you, when you're grateful, you feel comforted and you feel joyful. And I get those little kicks through the day. You know, you're yeah. like, ooh, that's nice. Like Jeffrey Harlan said, one of the apostles of the, in the church, he said that he he's not, he sometimes doesn't wake up first thing in the morning. He prays. He would go, he'd wake up, get things done, but he, he would say a prayer. You know, in that morning in routine. That routine somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then at night time, you know, rather than saying waiting to go to bed to say a prayer, he him and his wife would sleep at different times, so they would say a prayer. Yeah. Just you know Late afternoon. Yeah, late afternoon yeah. and then that's the good night prayer. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? And yeah. then they can say their personal ones in yeah. that too, you know. Whenever I mean? they plan to go to bed. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's another thing in a sense of saying a prayer with your wife and also having that time to communicate with Heavenly Father yourself. Because again, it's an individual relationship as well as it is mm. in the family relationship, isn't it? Yeah. You know what I love about this conversation is it's something so simple, but for me it's kind of like like a true up. Like it's like a a good self audit. Mm-hmm. Because um you know, you can always do better with praying. So it makes you sit there and go, what, you know, how much do I pray? Do I need to do more? Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like the, there's this self-reflection because um, I'll often wake up and forget to say any morning prayer. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's something that I'm like, you know what? I really need to work on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like my wife and I, we always used to say prayers together, but then it's so easy to slip out of habits if you just forget yeah. a few times. So that's something like, it's really good to talk about this stuff. Because it's some, something basic and simple that the Lord appreciates that we can improve. I, I find it's it's the habits that I struggle with. Oh, yeah. So when I'm at home, like I've set up those habits over a few years. Now working away, mm. my habits are different. Yeah. I sleep in a different bed. Crystal's not there. And I'm struggling with the habits. Yeah. I'm bringing the habits with me. 
I tap sometimes. Oh, wear, wear fidgets too. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm sitting here like this to yeah. stop myself from <laughs> yeah. I'm picking my nails and then I pick this up before and I'm going. See? I'm like watching you guys. I'm watching every It's making loud clicking noises. I had to put it down. Like, these like, guys are busy, eh? Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm always but that, that's the thing I find is, is difficult. Yeah. Because when I'm at home, I'm very structured. But when I go away, I'm yeah. struggling at the moment yeah. to get that structure and bring it in. Like I've literally written some notes of just stuff that's come to my mind. Because it's funny how like revelation sort of comes, right? Because I find when I'll be listening to a conference talk or something, and the revelation I receive has nothing to do with the conference oh, yeah. talk. It yeah. just shoots me in a completely different yeah, direction. Yeah. <laughs> but it came to you because... Because of the talk, right? Mm-hmm. Sorry, because you're in that moment yeah. and the Spirit's with you and that, and the Spirit's going, hey, don't forget, that. you need to do this because it's going to help you with this. Yeah, so I literally yeah, yeah. sent Crystal like, hey, notes from tonight, here's one. Make sure I get some photos and pictures of my family and the Saviour in my room when I head back. You know, I want that in my room. Yeah. Um, you know, so like I just send those couple little That's things awesome. yeah, to try yeah, and yeah. build up. So you're receiving revelation as yeah, as you're just sitting there. Yeah. Because you're, you're preparing That's yourself my favorite type. for the yeah. for yeah. the yeah. Love for that. comfort. Yeah. That out of nowhere, that absolute like ninety degree like like revelation. You know? And I think like we can definitely talk about revelation because I think it's a thing of people are trying to figure out what is revelation. Mm-hmm. You know, because you think of revelation as something in the in the Bible and all that, but revelation is could be as small as that. But before we go into that, my other question was how many times have you lied today? Zero. Oh man, I could not count. <laughs> Is it like, insurance? Like, I don't have enough <laughs> fingers and toes. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking about this as I was... <laughs> as part of his job, he's like, we are not covering your burnt down house. Yeah. Wait a second. How yeah. many how many phone calls did I take today? Yeah. Um, yeah. Times yeah. that by seven. Yeah. <laughs> That's how many you times know- I... So I'm these, telling you, this is a good price. <laughs> so these two things. <laughs> you would not find it better anyway. I am kidding for the record. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a liar. So there was, there's two things I was thinking about. Yeah. When I say lies, I mean like those little white lies, you know what I mean? That slip out without you okay. even knowing. That and that understanding of revelation. Yeah. So if we can go to the lying first. Yeah. I was thinking this as I was driving. I was like... How many times have I had a... Like how many hey, boys, the funniest life? thing happened, and I am just happened to be late. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I was in you said you were going to be here. <laughs> One of the lies I remember when I said, oh, I said to them, I'm two minutes away, and I looked at the map, and it said six minutes away. I was like, <laughs> and I was thinking about the lie, you know, this thing, I was like, oh, we should bring this up today. And then I caught myself in the lie saying, I'm two minutes. I was like, why did I have to say that? I could have just said six, six minutes. minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're a perpetual yeah. lie. <laughs> Compulsive lie. It's because sometimes we say things. To, to appease, to appease yeah. people, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Thinking that it's not going to hurt, but it might make it might make the situation a little bit easier. Yeah, yeah. And like not yeah. just that. We all have kids. <laughs> I probably lied a hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> if you go to sleep now, this is what's going to happen. That's, that's actually no. Now you bring it up, I'm like, how many times today did I tell them that coke was poison? Or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, don't yeah, drink yeah, that. Yeah, it's yeah. not, and it's sort of true, but. How many of those do I do during the day? And they're not necessarily all bad, but it's, 
again, just like the prayer thing, it's really good to take audit of that and be like, am I gen- generally an honest person? Do I strive to be an honest person? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Am I th- consciously, not just subconsciously, but consciously in the front of my mind, like, how do I present myself in a way that's the most, it's me in the most honest form? And you know, there's the question in the temple record. I was about to say that. And, yeah. yeah. And every time it comes up, I go, and I sort of have a think for a moment. Yeah, like, at, at when was I, the last time I ripped I, off the guy at Good Guys? Yeah, did you, see that, did, you see, <laughs> did, did you see that question changed? Yeah. Do you strive? Do you strive? Everything, yeah, everything's strive. about striving. Yeah, are which is strong? good because yeah. that's the word I Because want. we're all falling short every day or whatever. So, so striving is... Okay, okay. <laughs> you lie about <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's out in himself. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but we can it. say that, okay? We can say we're striving, okay? We can say we're striving. But then we are also asked to be perfect like our heaven uh, uh, like our big brother jesus christ so yes we're striving but we shouldn't lean on that if you know what i mean we should still be willing so the reason i say this is even the listeners and all of us here as much as we, the last time we, uh, we listened out for revelation and we can obviously we're gonna share what we mm. you know our but we can also Keep an eye out of those little white lies we say day to day without noticing it because we tend to go into that. We don't even know it. That's how much it's, it's part of us because we don't even see it. You know, if it was a big lie, you'd be like, oh, I said, but then there's, there's those little ones that you say throughout the day that you completely forget about. Mm-hmm. But let's try for a day to keep up. So when you know you're about to say it, to catch yourself. And to see what happens if you tell the truth. See what happens if you say, hey, I'm actually six minutes away, guys. Yeah. You know if I, mean? I try that for one day, I'm going to need a new career. <laughs> no, just kidding. No, no, that's no, do, I really does, like that. does that make sense? Of course yeah. it makes sense. I it's, think it's something good. we can definitely, and to the listeners too, it's something you can try and do and see. Like check yourself, you know what I mean? Check yourself. And yes, we're not perfect, but there's nothing stopping us from striving to yeah. be perfect. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, um, I, for me, I, I feel like I am a very, like I strive to be a very truthful person. I've always mm-hmm. been very honest. Like mm-hmm. I don't feel like I have really ever lied or manipulated anyone. Really Except ever, the day ever. you told us you had a throat thing and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we haven't really mentioned that actually. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I should tell yeah, that story. It's a medical thing that no one knows about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, First time. Because he didn't want to hang out with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> so he made up a medical problem with his throat. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, I've always been... Um, I'm a serial exaggerator though. I love to exaggerate, but okay. it's usually to make people laugh. You know, like there's always, whatever I talk about, it's always something like way bigger than what it really is, so but like, usually to get a laugh. So I good. guess that probably counts, you know, a little bit like... But we all, like, like Adam said, we all tell the, um, what, what is it? It's uh, uh, white, white lies, yeah. right? Which really, how would you describe? They don't harm anyone necessarily, but maybe they do. Maybe. Well, I think, I think the thing about being honest is it's not about just in what you say, but it's about how you do and present yourself yeah. in general. Yeah. Are you, are you honestly dealing with people? And that, that's why I love the term of the recommend question is, do yeah. you, are you striving to deal uh, honestly, with your fellow man, yeah. And I, I mean, I really I, do feel like I do because I don't think it cares if you know your kids say you know they want to eat something that's not good for them. You're like, ah, it's poison. You say what you got to say to stop your kids from doing some things that mm. are harmful for them. Sometimes yeah, you've got to protect your kids, and sometimes you have to. But I don't think that means you're dealing dishonestly with them necessarily. 
And, and I think there's lots of situations we don't have to really get into. Mm-hmm. But I think generally presenting yourself as an honest person means when you're dealing with others, you're not trying to deceive. Mm-hmm. Well, what I tell you, you know, you're not intentionally trying to deceive. I feel exactly like right. for their harm or any gain or... Yeah. Yeah. I feel like um, if you're um, constantly striving to deal honestly with your fellow man, it actually shows and your character, people notice it in your character. And I think in your um, career... Um, I feel like it's uh, it might it might happen over time, but people trust you more yeah. because they know they can trust you. You know, you get more trust because mm-hmm. you give them a reason to trust you. Um, and just another thing, it's funny, and I'm, I'm not I mean to like talk myself up or anything. I'm not like a, the best person in the world. To be shoot it, but shoot it. No, no, my, my but I've surprised my wife many times because you know we've been married like seven eight years, right? And, um, you know, you don't know certain things about people, but like I've surprised her multiple times when something's happened and I can't even think of an example. I wish I had, could think of one, but where like, you know, like, um, well, I've got too much change back or something or, um, uh, you know, like at a restaurant, they don't ask me to pay for something, but I I ask for something and they never ask me to pay for it. You better believe I'm paying for it. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like things like that. And, and, and not that she'd be like, don't, why did you do that? But it's, she's surprised that I'd be. That seeking because in myself, like good. deep down, for me, I feel infinitely better knowing that I've dealt honestly with someone than saving twenty dollars. What, yeah. what I can't handle is guilt. Yeah, that's it. So that, that's that absolutely it. So I cannot stand guilt. Me I eat myself sort of alive with yeah. guilt. So anything I can do to remove guilt yeah. in any way, and that's why I think. Yeah, going back to what you're talking about with work, I I, I actually thought about this the other day. Um, you know, it used to be that when you're at work, you're sort of put a mask on or you became a different person. Yeah, and, yeah. and I think people still sort of look at like that a bit. And and for me, I'm like, if you saw me at work and you saw me at home, you'd see the exact same sort of person. Mm-hmm. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I bring myself to my work and that's why I'm successful. I was, I'd say the same thing for me. I, I know the reason I do yep. well in my job is because people like me because I am me. And that's, yep. that's yeah. exactly. Yeah. I only thought about this the other day. Mm. Um, because yeah, the, the principles that we have from the gospel, etc., draw people to us, mm-hmm. you know, like the fact that I can go to a mining place full of miners and I can have them all stop swearing around me because they know I don't like it. And I've asked them, the ones that swear a lot, look, stop swearing. I don't like swearing. And they're like, oh, oh, okay. And it's only because of the person I am. It takes a strong character to... Yeah, to and it's only because of the person I am that they're actually willing to do it, you know, because if I wasn't and I was flipping about it or something, they'd probably be like, nah. Yeah. You but know, you're not going to be doing what I do. Or, it's a really know. cool example because we're asked to let our light shine, right, mm-hmm. before the world. You know, you don't, you don't don't light a candle and hide it under a bushel. We let our light shine, right? If we're living the gospel principles as best as we can, it should be coming out of us. It should be yep. actually visible. Yep. Not that people would necessarily know, but yep. something about us should really and a guy, Show them. a guy the other day literally said to me, he goes, I'm actually glad you told me that because I should stop swearing so much. Mm, so yeah. I've started to stop swearing. Nice. And I thought, oh, that's awesome. Sometimes you know, people like, need a reason. Yeah. i got a good story for this too. Um, speaking of feeling guilt and stuff, if you've strayed from the honest path, mm. um, I was thinking the other day and I was like, man, about four years ago or something, I... I had a guy do a design job for me. I wanted some, an icon designed mm. and he did it and I didn't really like it. And I had a, lo- a lot of back and forth with him and I didn't really like it. And I don't know that I really used it much, but I sort of just forgot about it. And I don't, I didn't, I don't think I ended up paying the guy. Mm. And this is years ago. And I reckon last week or the week before I was like, Oh, I wonder if I ever paid that 
guy for his work. Yeah. And I was like, man, I would feel, now that I know that, mm. I would feel horrible in not finding the guy and paying him. So I found the guy and I said, dude, I don't think I paid you for this thing that you did for me. He didn't even remember it. I said, I don't think I paid you. Can I please pay you? And he's like, of, of course you can, but it's fine. Like, it's all good. And I go, yeah, I know. And, um, and I paid him, I paid him double whatever it was. It was. I'm interest. But I, but I just, and it's not to blow my horn, but as soon as I realized that there was a fault there and I'm probably didn't do the wrong thing, no matter how long ago it was, I thought, how do I fix this? Yeah. This is the way to do it. And after doing that, I felt really good about myself. So I think if you can, if you've ever had those moments where you've done something wrong, repentance is trying to make restitution where possible. You can't always make restitution to a person mm. um, or, or a situation, but if you can make some some good of it, fix a the problem, then you should do it. And I felt really good about it. So, yeah, um, yeah. so striving, we, we make mistakes. I think striving to do better. And <clears throat> if you've done something to hurt someone or you've dealt dishonestly with someone and you know about it, trying to fix it. So going, going on that, when you said you thought of that guy that you had to pay, yeah. would you count that as a revelation? Yeah, because I've been th- I've been thinking and praying, and um, part of the revelation I was going to share, and I will get into it more specifically mm-hmm. when we get into that. But part of that is how am I? How do I remove Babylon from my life? How do I remove negative influence of the world from my life? And how do I purify myself? and sanctify myself to become more like Jesus Christ. And as I've been thinking about those things, the fortunate yet difficult part of that is it actually brings up your problems. Yeah. You actually start to think about what are my weaknesses and what do I have to fix? Yeah. And I remember, I can't remember if I was in the ch- in church or I was saying, a pr- actually, I think I was saying a prayer at the time. I was just praying. And all I could think about was this old design job. And I was like, did you pay that guy? And I was like, Ugh. I had that feeling of guilt. I was like, Ugh. well, he's literally squeezing the, he's squeezing the Gethsemane blood out of me. He's like, you have to suffer for this. You, in order to realize that it's something you have to repent of. And so I finished that prayer and I was like, I'm going to find this guy. I'm going to pay him his money and I'm going to be clean of this problem. And I went and after I went and did it, I was like, yeah, sweet. I feel good. It's not going to be a recurring problem. I'm now clean of that. So I think as we're through revelation, if you ask Heavenly Father to tell you where you need to improve, he'll tell you. Mm. Just be willing when he tells you to try and fix the problems and be ready Be ready to hear what your weaknesses are. It's yeah, not ready often to deal what with. you think it is too. It's something that you'll be like, oh, snap. I didn't think I was going to get that pop up. Because that random. was years yeah. ago. Yeah. So why would it be just, you know, that thing, but for you... But it was to, something I could fix. Yeah, exactly. It, it wasn't something that I would just pray to Heavenly Father and say, can you please forgive me? I'll try and do better. It was something I could go find a guy, pay him some money. Well, so, you know what it is. It's like a really simple way for Heavenly Father to prove the um, your character. Yeah. You know, the strength of your character, your resolve, and your um, ability to, you know, right a wrong. Even if it wasn't necessarily a wrong, but like, he can go, hey, Ammon, remember that guy? Yeah. You should pay, and you'll go. You know what? I need a pay. Yeah, you know, like there's, there's. You could have easily gone. Oh, that was ages ago. I don't yeah. owe you yeah. anything. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. yeah. And and I'm not sharing that example to say the only bad thing I've ever done in my life is yeah, not yeah, pay a guy for something. 
It's just one experience yeah, of yeah. the several problems that I've had through self-caused problems that I've had in my life. But Heavenly Father will let you know the things you need to fix. But it's yeah. you listening to. You listen yeah, yeah, yeah. and you act. act. So if we can go into Revelation. Own the prompting. Yeah. What is Revelation? Yeah. Like, not, but like, teach it to me as you would a child. What is Revelation? Yeah. So the cool thing about our church, just as a, a base level here, a lot of churches these days don't believe in what we believe as revelation. Mm-hmm. So the definition of revelation, well, there's a, probably a couple of ways you could explain it, but the main definition that we would use it by is um, receiving um, inspiration or information or revelation from God. It's us communicating with God, mm-hmm. but it's us about being able to hear Him because we talk to God all the time, right? We always pray to God, but do we ever hear him in return. Do you know what I mean? Or do we ever understand what he wants from us? And there is different level levels to revelation. I mean, there are full-blown, you know, people have visions, people have dreams, people have this and that. Yeah. But then there's stuff that is so simple. It's this simple prompting when you're praying and not even thinking about that maybe. You know, you're thinking mm-hmm. about something else and you get your little prompting that, you know what I need? Uh, um, some photos on my wall. That's going to help me in my situation. Yeah. Yeah. It's these tiny little simple things and that's a lesson I've learned recently is how because we always say it, the, the Holy Ghost is a s- small, um, still small voice, right? But I really took that <laughs> phrase for granted, not really ever understanding how still and how small, because it's the simplest things that you don't even realize, because our brains are rattling around junk all day, yeah. especially mine. Mine is all over the place. Um, but it's these simple, tiny things that rattle in there that you that you didn't put there, maybe, you know, but you don't realize. And then you've got to sit and go, well, okay, that's... What is that? That's not from me. So, and uh, God builds on things, right? So, um, if you if you um, take for granted something that God would give you and don't act on it, if Adam didn't act on that um, simple prompting there, well, God isn't going to give him something else to do because he wouldn't do the simple thing that he gave him already, right? So mm-hmm. there's there's levels to it, going all the way up to to huge things. But he he starts with what we can handle. And as he can trust us to act on things that he tells us, he'll give us more and more. So a long roundabout way of explaining is that it's communication with God, basically. And how does God communicate with us? And in different ways, right? Yeah. Because we're all different, so you communicate in different ways. And as we go into these different ways, maybe we can share about the revelation that you have received because you gave us homework on, you know, listening out for those revelations so so yeah so so everyone if you haven't heard part one did we call it part one no we just called it we met lds down under didn't from we? our first video yeah. together yeah or, or, or for in those our, listening to their podcast it in was our podcast is part, part two you hear it in but then in your youtube channel it was just one video called we video, met lds yeah. down under so yeah. we we talked about last time um the beautiful thing about recording that revelation that we received, um, Ammon really um, was a good example to me of he started um, making sure that he wrote down and recorded when he had inspiration and revelation. And he noticed straight away that um, when he did that, it shows God that you appreciate the revelation that he gives you and he'll give you more, right? And I was like, that's a really good point. And that's another thing we always hear. And I've always, I've hated and, you know, I never really want to keep a journal. I, I, you know, I'm not a huge fan of reading, you know, like there's all these sort of things. And so, um, but then I was like, you know what? That's so obvious. 
you know, it's almost too obvious that you don't do it. Um, and so I started doing it as well. I started keeping, um, not a full journal, but like definitely anything, um, spiritual, any, it's just these inspirational yeah. things that come to your mind, yeah. even simple things, anything even simple. I'm so, like, you know so what? So give us an example. Yeah. So, okay. So we gave the challenge last time just quickly that, uh, we would all share something, you know, between our last meetup mm-hmm. until now about some revelation we've received as we've started trying to keep a journal. Whether or not we've done that or not, I have started doing that and I did notice a big big thing. So um, I actually had a bunch, right? Because when you really um, force yourself to um, notice these things and write them down, you realize, wait a minute, I get this stuff all the time because that was one of my things. I'm like, I don't feel like I get much revelation. Turns out I get it all the time. Um, so and it just can't, you've got to make sure you don't take it for granted. So one of mine, simple as... Come follow me this week. Um, it's uh, Doctrine and Covenants section 133, 134. And I was actually telling you guys about this um, before the, we started recording. Um, super simple. I was really, really tired as well. I was on my computer. I've got Doctrine and Covenants open. I've got Come Follow Me. I'm reading through it. I get to verse 2 in section 134, all right? And I'm, I'm, I'm like, oh, I have this really bad habit of not realizing it. I've fallen asleep. My head's on my chest. And I'll wake up. I'll shock myself. I've got a sore neck. I'll wake up an hour later. I'm like, oh, and I do this all the time. Anyway, I was falling asleep because I just, I'm wrecked. And verse two, but as I'm reading verse two and falling asleep, I'm like, wait a minute, this, this is really cool. And I'm like, wow, that's really cool. So I started writing something down. And then when I, I did fall asleep and I woke up and I was like, before I fell asleep, I had something really cool. So it was, it was Dr. Covenant section 134 verse two. And I'll just read you what I... What, what really would have been freaky is that if he had started typing and then fell asleep and woke up and like, it was like a whole paragraph. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Who wrote this? <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Um, what my wife always does, just quickly, whenever I'm in the middle of writing something, even if it's spiritual or whatever, if I leave the room, I'll come back and it'll say... Amy is the best. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've got the best wife. Got What's him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got him. So, <laughs> so, okay. So this is the verse, right? So this this um, section of Doctrine and Covenants, just briefly, is about government. And um, uh, it's a really interesting, it's a very quick, simple um, section of Doctrine and Covenants because I find it very interesting because the church has had a long, crazy history with government, right? Especially mm. back in Joseph Smith's time. So um, this is a really interesting um, section to me. But verse 2 says, We believe that no government can exist in peace except such laws are framed and held inviolate as will secure to each individual the free exercise of conscience. Now remember these, are three things here. The free exercise of conscience, the right and control of property, and the protection of life. And I read mm-hmm. I, as I read that verse and I was falling asleep and I was like, wait a minute, there's something really cool here. So... A bit of revelation that came to me as I read that. The free exercise of conscience, and this this is about today's age and what's happening right around us right now. The free exercise of conscience, being able to choose and make choices right, it's being taken away right now from from many of us. There are protests happening right here because of COVID. Um, you know, I'm sick of talking about it, but there are mandates and crazy things happening right now. And right in front of our eyes, um, there are freedoms being taken away. There are people yeah. who are about to lose their jobs because they don't want to get the vaccination. Don't want to get into that. People do what they like. I'm still against mandates no matter what because I don't think people should be coerced to do anything. That's Satan's plan. We're all about agency. People should be free to choose to do whatever they want. So the free exercise of conscience, the freedom agency, the ability to choose, we are losing that right now. 
um, through mandates. The second one was the right and control of property. And then the thought that came to my mind for that one was that, um, I don't know if you've seen the, the term the Great Reset or these sort of um, crazy things that they're talking about happening, but they say that by 2030, we'll own nothing and we'll be happy, right? So the free ex, uh, the, the right and control of property is getting taken away <laughs> as well, right before our eyes, mm-hmm. um, or it's starting to. And um, the, the third one was, um, what's the third one? The protection of life. And I don't think I need to get started on how um, little we value life right now with the amount of abortions and yep. and everything that's happening. I think these were the three things that I was, uh, and I, it instantly made me think, wow, this is um, crazy. This is, uh, and, and the whole point of it was, we believe that no government can exist in peace except that these three things are held. Mm-hmm. And then let's think about the Book of Mormon and all the things that went and got, you know, happened in there over and over again, um, especially right before the Saviour came. And then a few, you know, what was it, 200 years after he left, like the, the, this pattern of things, Probably right? So. And these are the things that sort of happen when things go crazy. And we believe that no government can exist in peace without these three things. Anyway, that was my little, that's one of the many things that I've, um, because I've been writing these things down, um, has come to me. And it was just a really nice little, um, yeah, nice little thing that, that happened as I was falling asleep with my head on my chest. <laughs> and so for, for that specific example, what's really cool is that one of the ways that we communicate with deity is actually we pray to him, we pray to our Father in heaven, and we often receive our answers as we read his words in scripture. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's um, we ask for things through prayer and often we receive answers through scripture because that's the entire intention of scripture is to answer our questions and answer our prayers. And mm-hmm. um, it's a form of revelation kind of that's well, that's yeah. what you received. Yeah. So that, that is an awesome example because yeah. it's, it's literally, well, it was those. the understand for me, it was the scripture itself, but the understanding of how it applies to me right now that came to just went boom in my head yeah. while I was falling asleep. So I'm like, I know it wasn't me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was wrecked and it's still, all made sense right yeah. in there. I was like, oh, yeah. good. Yeah. Very good. I like it. How about you, Ronan? Uh, yep. So, um, I was returning back when I get back Tuesday. And, um, as I said, I'm struggling to find the habits while I'm away. So I find I'm, I'm really good with my church stuff when I'm home and I'm not very good with it while I'm away at the moment and I'm trying to build up and I'm, I'm getting better and better, right? But not having the sacrament every week mm-hmm. has been tough for me because I've pretty much had it every week since I joined the church, right? So not having the sacrament's been tough. So only being home every three weeks. And then one of the three weeks I was away, it was state conference. So no sacrament that mm-hmm. whole time as well. Mm-hmm. So I was like, and it's, oh, a, it's a long time. It is a long time. It's yeah. a long time. So I was like, he just wants to hold hands. He just wants to hold hands, Mister. There you go. Tap away, mate. Everyone saw the whole table. We've got <laughs> you, you play the piano. <laughs> you play the piano on that table. All you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, it's all good. <laughs> so, um, we'll I'm, edit your I'm, hands. I'm, yeah. being, I'm being crystal here. Right? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I was like, you know what? I should get a blessing. Yeah. And it came to me, right? You should get a blessing. So I was like, good. So I, I was like, all right, I'll do that. I'll call the missionaries. So I'll get them to come around and give me a blessing. Well, I hadn't got to it. And because I, 
what happens is when you're away, um, Crystal sort of plans everything out. Mm-hmm. This is what we got on this day, this day, this day, this day, this day, and you sort of whole weeks planned, right? So I'm like, okay, I hadn't got to it, and then was it last night? Last night, yeah, last night. Um, there was a knock at the door, and I opened the door. And it was a missionary I haven't seen for three months. But we got along with him very well. So La Afele has come back. You don't even know what, what's going on. Oh, yeah. my gosh. And he, he's in Butler Ward now, right? So he's not even in our ward, but he came over to visit us. So he came over to visit, and I was like, yeah, yep, got sent. So I was like, boom, you're going to give me a blessing tonight. And in the blessing, he spoke about the sacrament prayers. Wow. And he said, he actually made the comment, uh, recite the sacrament prayers. Because we were talking about the fact that I can't take the sacrament yeah. when I'm away. Yeah. I'm choosing to leave to go work, you know yeah. what I mean? So I can't have the sacrament when I'm away. But when it is Sunday up there, why not? Nothing well, happens. Yeah, nothing yeah. really. We don't do anything, right? There's no church. Or I've got to work. So I was like, oh. So what I took from my blessing was on those Sabbath days in the morning, have my own little sacrament meeting without physically taking the sacrament, but recite the prayers. Beautiful. You know, make sure you're worthy for the prayers. Mm-hmm. Make sure you've been doing your study, mm-hmm. you know, preparing for that day sort mm-hmm. of thing. So I was like, yeah, that was my revelation for since we last met. Yeah. And it's all happened within the last 24 hours. Isn't that what? Guess what? what? Last night, me and Roberto went visiting and we had he was asking who should we go visit and I said let's go to the McGlues and he was like why the McGlues I was like I don't know let's just go to the McGlues and we went to give a blessing to brother Gray and then we went to uh, and that took a long time and then we were like oh let's pass by and Roberto had to go so we were about to go to your house last yeah. night to talk to you guys and yeah. share a message with you guys and you're saying that the missionaries came and yeah. I didn't know why I had your name because before mm. when we went visit, we go every Wednesdays. Yeah, yeah. I've never had your name down yeah. at like the McGlues to go visit, but we actually, I thought of you that, like that yeah, day, yeah. like let's go visit them. So you with that and yeah. like the missionaries coming, I'm like, Heavenly Father would have wanted us to come and share a message with you because then we would have been the ones to give you the blessing. But yeah, then yeah. it was still okay because someone else, like we, Heavenly Father knew that you know, let's say Roberto had to go and he mm. was going to be busy. So then he sent mm. someone else. So maybe it was us that was going to go. And then, but either way, someone is going to come right. to your house. And Which give happens you a all the time. Yeah. When you break it down, and if I had kept a journal over the years, mm. I would have seen that so many times happen. Yeah, and yeah. And so it, true. And it was a big testimony builder for me when I first joined the church. In Bunbury Ward, we used to have visits every Wednesday. Yeah. And it used to be like 30 priesthood holders would get together. And we would join up in pairs and we would say a prayer each into like each pair and you'd go off and do visits. And I remember I was with Brother Neil one night and he slid across the road from the chapel and uh, we were saying a prayer in the car. And he goes, Oh, I think we should visit this sister. And I was like, Oh, okay, that sounds good, you know. And we rocked up and just like minutes earlier, her husband had just walked out. And she was a mess. And like, it had just happened. Like, he must have pulled out down the street and we drove in. Wow. You know, and we visited with her for like an hour. And being an early member of the church, I was like... You really got to see. 
Like that's the priesthood right What's there. The, you know what I mean? Yeah. Is this this is is this one of the coincidences of the gospel, or yeah, is this yeah, the way yeah. that God works? Yeah. yeah. He, How he, many he inspires us. Are there? Yeah, he inspires us. And and then, like you said, you've seen that so often through the years. You're like, yeah. this is just the way yeah. that the Heavenly Father works. Yeah. We and receive then, inspiration. And he literally had that for me last night. Yeah. Like, yeah. he sent them to me last night because yeah. I needed a blessing. Yeah. I'm trying to, striving to change yeah, a few yeah. things with the change in work and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, so. What's had the same ex- experience today? Mm. I, I mentioned before we went on air, but um, I was thinking about a friend of mine and I just sent her a message and say, hey, how are you going? knowing that I just, I felt like she needed to talk and she came back and said, Hey, I'm good. I'm just about to go for a walk and I'm really going to think about the prophet's recent counsel to do certain things. Mm. And I'm, I'm going to go through president Nelson's recent talks and I go, Oh wow. That's, isn't it interesting timing that I've contacted you because I just felt like I should talk to you. And she's like, yeah, yeah. And what do you think about this? And we had this really good gospel discussion. And at the end of it, she's like, I'm so grateful we spoke today. Mm. It's, it's exactly what I needed to hear. Now I'm going to go do my study and think about this situation. And it's exactly what I needed. Mm. And so it's just a small thing. Yeah. But yeah. I just felt like I haven't spoken to her in a while. And I feel like I should just say hi. And it was at the right, the right time mm. for her. And, and we had a great con- contact. So yeah. it's all- it shows we don't need to know why sometimes God sends us someone. We just, you just need to answer. Right. And so, and then yeah. as we answer Very that rarely call, is there a reason that we'll ever, you know, be exactly. told or understand. You just have to do what you And you need to, I know it's hard to say this, but you need to put your own insecurities away for that minute, yep. knowing that as you go and you do that service, as you go, as you, when you do that little thing, it will make sense and you will understand because God, Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ don't want you to, they don't want to put you in a position where you're not going to, you're going to be uncomfortable. They yeah. love you and they care for you. So every time you have that thought of asking, you know, contacting someone and all that, do it. You know what I mean? Do it because you don't know what, where he's guiding you, where he's leading you to, you know what I mean? And, and, and even if it is uncomfortable, you still, you still sometimes need to step out of your comfort zone in order to bless the life. And that's how you grow. And that yeah, is how you grow. So yeah, that's going to improve so you anyway. What's cool about your story as well mm. is that even though you forgot to set that up yourself, you, you forgot to contact a missionary mm. or tell your wife that, hey, I need to get a blessing, whatever, God still sorted you out. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah, like, yeah. And he had, it sounds like he had multiple ways of doing that. Yeah, like, yeah, he yeah. still sorted you out. So he heard the prayer in your heart. Mm. And that goes back to, you know, that prayer thing. You know, he he listened what you longed for and what mm. you wanted. And he, as he listened, he acted in your behalf because he knows this is what you want. Mm. So it shows. And I was just reading also in John where Christ says, um, where he's uh, going in and he's, he's about to rise Lazarus from the dead. dead, And then he says, um, thank you, Heavenly Father, for listening to my prayer. And he's like, he says, I, I, he didn't need to say it out loud, but he said it out loud so that everyone else would listen because he knew that Heavenly Father hears him mm-hmm. and hears his, in his, his prayer in a, of his heart yeah. to say, I need your power right now to help mm-hmm. me raise Lazarus from the dead. So it's a sense of he hears, he hears us deeply in our hearts. And yes, we still need to talk to him about it, but there's times where we forget mm-hmm. he's still there. And he knows. And it's cool because it's a blessing for if you, if, if the person who gets the revelation acts, right? It's a blessing to them and obviously also a blessing to the person that they're 
helping, right? So the missionary who gave you the blessing would have loved that experience too, no doubt. It would have mm. blessed him as well and 100%. also blessed you. Mm. And in your case, you contact your friend, you know, and it's awesome for you and it's mm. probably even awesomer for her, right? Um, so that's really cool. It blesses both of you just by you acting on any revelation you get. You you just have to have faith, right? It's a hard one when you, when you own that prompting and, you know, be. some people can get put down when it doesn't seem to go like nothing really happens or, you know, you get the prompting to go visit someone and they don't answer the door or something. But generally what happens in those situations is that little bit of work you did has made a bigger impact than you know. Yeah. That person might have been home and just didn't want to answer the yeah. door because they're struggling. There's chain reactions. But behind the door, they're really appreciating mm. that you came. Yeah. You might never know. Yeah. And, and that's a lot of missionary work is, I don't understand. We, oh, we got prompt to go and nothing happened. Or, you know, I had to chat with this person. And you just never know that act of kindness what impact it's going to have. And it might be that one act of kindness that five years later brings that person back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't know what it's, it's going to be. many things you know? that I feel like goes on and we don't see it. Oh, and yeah. The ones that we do see is obviously amazing, but it's like when I think of it that way, it's like you, the missionaries drove to that house to go knock and there's nothing there, but that person that's walking past needed to see the missionary's car to be like, oh yeah, and then to just keep walking to mm. spark up. It, it's well, just, that's what I was thinking about your story from last time. Yeah, about on the mission, if you looked yeah, at all the things you did, it just is, and everything like, affects everything. Yeah, 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 you know what I mean. Just being here, and I think as we watch all these things, you will see that he is in every step that we take. But just going on that re- revelation. So just to be clear. Uh, just to make it clear for everyone is you're saying revelation is a factor in a sense of it can be any way as small as someone wanting to contact someone at heart it's just those little little things and that's when you know you're communicating with Heavenly Father that's revelation that's it that's beautiful and and that's what's beautiful about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and there's a lot of churches that don't believe that God communicates to us anymore they don't they, they think we have pastors and teachers and preachers to give us God's word. But we believe in having a personal relationship with God ourselves to get, mm. he will tell us, he will communicate with us. And that's, I think really differentiates our church from a lot of other churches. Have you heard Crystal's story about when we, well, when she was coming back to church when I got baptized and that uh, during the night when she was crying and stuff, that like 1am in the morning, three members contacted her. At like 1 a.m. in the morning. Seriously? Yeah, all of them had promptings to contact her. Wow. Like, these are people she hadn't seen since youth. Wow. Yeah, yeah. She's randomly in Bunbury yeah. and she got three messages. She's got goosebumps. That's cool. That's yeah. awesome. Like, that's amazing. That's revelation. What did you share us? Uh, I'll, I'll get there in a second. But I wanted just to say um, a couple of things about revelation, just in general. Um, you, we, we have these experiences, we have these little moments. What they're supposed to do for us is to be building blocks. So you have that experience and you say, uh, I went with that person. We went to visit this that We had a feeling to visit a woman. We went to visit her and it was right in her moment of need. Yeah. And what that's supposed to do is you have that moment where it blesses her life. It blesses your life, but it's supposed to be a building block of faith where you go, I take that and I put that in my foundation. It's my testimony. It's my foundation. My foundation is growing and becoming mm. stronger. I know that God communicates with man. I know that he loves his children. I know that he will use me as a means to bless the lives of others through revelation. And then you're supposed to keep adding blocks to that. You're supposed to, you don't just go, 
It's cool that he can talk to man. You're supposed to go, I'm going to add to that until I build my temple, until I build me up so the Lord can really use me. My favorite example of a person that can do that is Thomas S. Monson. If anyone could hear and and hearken to Revelation, it was President Monson. I'm going to butcher some of this, but I want to tell you this real quick. He gave an experience in one of his conference talks, I believe, where he went out to a place and somebody asked to see him on their their deathbed, effectively, right? Um, And I think he had other engagements Mm -hmm. and he's like, I just can't come. I'll come after the engagements are over. And the engagements ended, the meetings, whatever. He went to go see him and he had passed away. And so President Monson was like, and he, he did feel that he needed to see this man before he passed. And the man was expecting to see him. And so he was like, oh, never again. From that day on, he's like, never again will I ever turn away the promptings of the Holy Ghost. If the Holy Ghost says, jump, I'm going to jump. And he shared another experience where he went to, um, he flew out somewhere to go to a conference meeting. And before he went out there, there was a little girl who had terminal cancer or a terminal illness. And she had either called or written to President Monson and said, when you come out here, I need, or the parents said, when you come out here, please come see our daughter. Yeah. And the daughter had said to her parents, President Monson is going to come and see me. I know that he is going to come and see me. And President Monson flew out to this place and he went to all these meetings and he was sitting there in this meeting. And I think that he had to get up and speak at this meeting. Like he, he was very involved yeah, in this he meeting did, yeah. and he was getting ready to speak. And the prompting came in his mind. He's like, get up and go and visit this girl right now. And he's like, <sighs> okay. So he got up. He waited for a moment, like a lull in the meeting a little bit, and he tried to get up and get out as politely as he possibly could. And he got out and raced over to this home of this girl. And he said that as he walked, as he entered the house, he was like, it was like entering the room of a temple. He said it was the, one of the most spiritual experiences that he'd ever had. And the, and the girl knew that he was going to come and see her. Mm. And... That, that whole, that whole, and he blessed her, you know, and it was the most amazing experience. And the way that he relayed that story was such an inspiration to me because I was like, Heavenly Father is giving us the opportunity to be the angels for these people, to put building blocks in our faith that will make sure that we can never fall. If we have these building blocks, we can never fall. And he has so many amazing things in play for us to bless the lives of people with and in order to bless our lives with. And I think that is the, that is a true blessing of revelation is that we can help others and in turn it builds us for the kingdom, which is so amazing. Awesome. I love that. Can can I, can I ask one question as well before we move on to other people's revelations? Um, you wanted to get a blessing. Is Mm -hmm. that, is that, and this is everyone, is that hard for you to, um, to ask for? I I, I, I kind of like, I'd find it very hard. I find it, prideful and like, yeah. I don't need anyone, you know, to actually humble myself enough to ever ask someone for a blessing. Yeah. So, no, I have no drama with it. I never have actually. Mm. Yeah. I, doesn't bother me that sort of stuff. Awesome. Do you have yeah. a problem asking people for things? For help. Yeah. I have a problem asking for help. Yeah. Yeah. Why is that? Um, pride. Yeah, it's pr- it, well. And yeah, also, you don't want to be I just, yeah, a I don't burden. Want to be a burden. Yeah. yeah, that's that's probably more than pride. It's me not wanting to burden someone. But the the thing that I've just realised as you asked me that is that me asking someone for help gives them the ability to serve. 
right? So I'm right. going to think so about that. So me and my wife were talking about this the other day. We, it was actually it wasn't a talk. We actually argued, but it was a <laughs> <laughs> but it was a thing of my wife does not like asking for help, yeah. like zero percent. And I, for me, I'm I'm all about getting people to help and mm. all. It's just you know, just that interaction and all that. Because my mom was like that, so I'm like that. My wife is all about. I don't want a burden, and I, yeah, I was yeah. like, "Is it being a burden, or is you? Do you feel like you don't need the help and all that?" Because I was actually getting a bit of angry about. it. I was like, "Why don't you want to accept people's service? You know, yeah. they want they're gonna get blessings from serving you as yeah. well as you letting them serve you. Like you feel like you don't need it. You feel like I'm okay, and I'll, but at, at the end of the day, we all need each other. We all need that help, and no one's gonna think of you less for asking for that help. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I was saying to her, I was like, basically, it's I was like, Pina, it's just me and you here in Australia, like in Perth. We can't act like we we don't yeah. need help. Yeah. We need all the help that there is. You know what I mean? And. And this talked about because we had our uh, my boy's blessing the uh, last Sunday. You weren't there, were you? Oh yeah, you weren't. And so, <laughs> and for us, it was it was such a, a beautiful thing. And she and she got up there. Like I shared my testimony, and it was all good. You know, I got upset a little bit, but for the first time, my wife got up. Before she even opened her mouth, I just burst it out into tears. And it was that thing, and I'm even thinking about it now, it was that thing of, she said, I'm grateful for how far I've come. And she said, how far I've come, and, and my, has, my husband has helped me along this. And then I just completely cried because me, her saying I've helped her, has helped me. Yeah, And it was that thing of, this is what service is. Service is just helping. And I've learned so much from, you know, bringing her back into the gospel and all that because she had went away for some time and us coming together to a point where we get to bless our son. And it was just a crazy, like what has happened? Like our life has completely changed. And it was such a beautiful thing. And I haven't even said it. I know she listened to the podcast, but it was a thing of, I realized right there and then that, getting people to help us and to let letting people to serve us is a blessing and we should use that more mm-hmm. we should not feel like we're the ones to help but we don't want to receive any help yeah. you know what i mean well, that's that's really beautiful because um i was just thinking while you were saying that that essentially the church and the kingdom of god is made up of people who need to be served and need people be, who yeah. need to serve exactly one or the other and that will probably swap like you'll probably be someone who needs to serve yeah. or someone who needs service sometimes yeah, yeah. and that's just that's the whole thing and also remember that the prophet has home teachers that's right <laughs> <laughs> you better keep him on track or he has ministering yeah uh, brethren that will come and see him yeah and they'll come and share a message with a prophet of God. What an assignment. What? And, and I'm sure it's not overly complicated. I'm sure yeah. they just sit down and they have a good chat and make sure he's got everything he needs. But, but if, that- even someone as great as the prophet of God sits at the head of his church on earth, is ministered to. Mm-hmm. He allows himself, he, con- you know, he humbles. sort of humbles himself yeah. to allow someone that is of maybe lower understanding, maybe not. But um, 
to come and minister to him. It's 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 that combination of the the humbleness and the fear, removing the fear. I find like asking yep. someone for a blessing yep. for me is because I'm a humble person doesn't really bother me, and I don't fear it either. I yep. don't fear asking for help or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's no fear of I've me. Never thought of that. Yeah. Fear. So it's the same as like you know. But fear of what though? It's literally fear of asking someone for help. Yeah, I just, uh, again, for me, it's just I don't like to burden people with anything if I can mm. avoid it. Um, but, again, it's the, the blessing is to that person for being able to serve. And I, I probably neglect, you know, giving that opportunity to people because I don't want to burden them, I guess, in yeah. my mind. But that's how I've, I've asked the blessings heaps of times. Do you know who's great at accepting help and asking for it? Crystal. Oh, yeah. She is so, she, she, she just says, yeah, I need help. You know, and I've always seen that about her, and I love that about her. I love the fact that, and she is very willing to help. Oh yeah, as much as she's willing to get help. Yeah, yeah. and that's how it should be. You know what I mean? It should be just. And imagine we all did that. Oh, how much more would we be accepting to ministers, ministering, and how much more would we be accepting to people? And what happens to your, our lives? what happens to the relationship between you and that person? Yeah. You humble each other. You, you, the be, connection you get a much deeper connection. Exactly. Like, like uh, the the strongest connections, you, you'll probably be the same. Outside of your own families, the strongest connections you will feel for someone is is when you've served with them or you've served to them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like missionary companions, yep. you know, or um, people that you serve with in a calling or whatever it might be. Yeah. As you're in the trenches together. Yeah. When you're in the trenches together. When you're in the trenches together, working together. And um, and some might be given, some might be take, but you develop that relationship, that special bond, and it strengthens relationships and makes people mm-hmm. care and love for each other. So, yeah. yeah, it's it's growing and developing in so many ways. Testimonies, relationships, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And every single awesome thing that happens, again, like you said before, adds to your foundation. It's yeah. another block in your foundation that the next time something comes to you and you need to you're asked to serve or do something that may be scary, mm. which is the fear aspect or whatever, you can look back and go, no, nah, God, here and here and here yeah. has done this it's and it's been amazing. Faith. And you build on it and you and you continue to build. And as you continue to serve, he gives you more and more and more. Yeah. And it's the it's the faith portion as well. Like, you know, we spoke about uh, tithing on the last pod mm-hmm. you know, and the, the having faith about tithing, etc. But it's also like for myself, it's, it's my faith in knowing what blessings can give, you know. So having someone come to my yeah. home, the priest will come into my home, which I hold the priesthood, of course, but mm-hmm. I'm not feeling great about a couple of things at the moment. So I'm like, I want to, you know, I want someone to come and give me yeah. a blessing, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's the faith that I know that I can receive revelation from Heavenly Father through someone else right now and maybe that can help me with what I'm going through. For sure. And boom. Okay. So that's great humility right. to have, to yeah. be honest, on your yeah. part. And, yeah. and, and going back to the... Oh, I am um, humble going, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm the most humble. <laughs> I think as a humble... That's the thing. I think as a humble person, you can say that. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You can be like, I, there's no pride in me. I'm a humble person. Yeah. yeah. And not and not in the way that you portray yourself, mm. but in a way, like, outwardly, but the way that you... Um, you see yourself in relationship to other people and yeah. the Lord. Yeah, yeah. Mm, there were, when we were going teaching again, we went to visit one of these, uh, one of the ladies, and we were talking about how can you be better, what can you do to be better, and we mentioned a few things, and one of those things was I can, I can. Find, we were reading the scriptures, 
And so she was like, I can find joy more in the gospel. Mm. And I sat there. And that day, I was actually, I was having a really bad day. And then I was just like, oh, snap, she's talking to me. We went to teach her and like minister to her. But she was ministering to me and she turned around and she was saying, but she was talking about herself, but she was talking to me. And yeah. I was like, funny how that works that's right. me I need to find joy in the gospel and she's like I, I should do this and do this but as she's saying that she's telling me what I need to do and afterwards I was like you've literally helped me right there and then to remember that I need to find joy in the gospel and see that the gospel is happy it's good it's yeah. it's not about sadness and and I got this from my bishop where he was saying rather than looking at all the negative things that are happening what positive things are happening and then you start to think and you're like yeah i'm actually okay the world is falling apart but what are good things happening around you you know what i mean what are the good things we can celebrate and i think at times we need to be able to look at those things while we're in this mess if you focus on the bad things it was that uh president uchtdorf talked those years ago when he's talking about your partner if you want to find the bad things in your partner, it's very easy. Just go looking for them. Mm, yeah. But if you want to find the good things as well, you need to go looking for them. Mm, you know. Yeah. And sometimes we're so focused on the bad things, we don't always look towards the good things. Yeah. And I think people forget that in the church a lot is that you know the church is it's a commitment, the callings, etc., and you know all those sort of things. Yet they forget who they are, which is because of the church and what it's given them and all those sort of things and the blessings over the years and, and maybe because they haven't kept a journal of all the revelation they've received and, you know, yeah. sometimes you can just focus on those bad things and forget all yeah. the good things. Yeah. All right, boys. Okay. Um, I just want to share my my little revelation, revelation experience. So like I said, in the last time we got together, I've tried to make it a habit that when I feel or receive something that I feel is significant, even if it's a small thing, it's significant to me. What I've learned about writing those things down is even if it seems, even if I don't understand immediately what I've received, like I receive a thought or a sentence, if I write it down and come back to it, at some point as I ponder over it and I search the scriptures, there becomes really significant meaning to me. It's, it's for me for a specific reason. Mm. It's really easy to cast those things aside. But if I take it and I say, why did Heavenly Father give me this thought or impression? And I try and understand it. it really, it's really changing my life. Um, and from doing that, I've received knowledge line upon line, precept upon precept. And it's really expanding my understanding of the gospel. It's really, really blessing me. So one, one thing that happened to me recently is... Um, I said before we went online on air that I, I'm often now receiving revelation in the period between being awake and being asleep. So in that sort of period where there's no other distractions and my mind is clear, I seem to start receiving information. And uh, a few weeks ago, I had a dream, which was a really significant spiritual dream. And... I won't get into the details of the dream, but when I woke up, I was in that moment of starting to wake up from the dream. I had this word spoken in my mind and the word said, what does it mean to be a savior on Mount Zion? And I have no idea what that means. <laughs> I had no idea what it meant. 
at the time. And it was 2 a.m. And I thought to myself, because I've been getting in good habits, so I thought to myself, write it down. So I opened my phone and I penned it, wrote it down, and I went back to sleep. And the next day, I woke up and I was walking around and I was like, did I have a dream last? I'm pretty sure I had a stress. I sat there and I started remembering, holy crap, I had a crazy, significant, spiritually significant dream. And did I write something down? I think I wrote something down. I can't remember. So I pulled my phone out and I go, did I write something down? Oh, I did. What the heck does this mean? <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I don't understand the connection between the dream I had. Do you remember the dream fully? I, rem- I remembered it. And the next day I wrote it all down because I wanted to make sure that every detail of that, if it was significant to the sentence, I needed to understand the significance and the symbolism. Mm. I knew it was important for me. I knew that. And at first I didn't know how or why. I didn't even know what it meant to be a savior on Mount Zion. I didn't know what it meant. And, um, and I even went to some people that I trust and I was like, I got this question. And I asked them, like, what's your, what does this even mean? So what I'm getting at is it was such a foreign thing to come into my mind. I don't even know what it meant Mm. is how foreign it was. So it's not like it's something that I've been thinking about during the day. I've never thought of this. I don't even know what it is. It's a new thought to me. Just trying to explain how significant it was to me. So anyway, at first I started thinking, oh, maybe it just means this. So being a savior on Mount Zion. A court, if you just looked it up in the gospel dictionary, basically just means being a, doing service for the dead. So doing service for those that have passed on to give them the gospel so they have the opportunity on the other side to accept or decline the gospel, right? Because we all have the option through the great plan of salvation, God's plan, to hear and understand and receive the gospel if we want it, yeah. to understand and receive Jesus if we want it. And I was like, oh, it just means doing work for our ancestors. And I thought, I know that there's more to that because this dream was giving me lots and lots of symbolism. Mm. And so I started to dig deeper and I started to dig deeper. And my understanding of what that means now is so special to me because it, it, it answers the question that I've had for the longest time. And the question is, how, how, Am I going to be, and what do I need to do to be involved, try not to cry, to to be involved in the redemption of Zion, to be involved in the building of New Jerusalem? And the answer is, the best way that we can bless the lives of our ancestors, the best way that we can do the work for the people that have passed away, is to build Zion. If we build Zion, all of our work, all day, every day, all we will be doing is building temples and worshiping in them and blessing the lives of those those yeah. people. And so in this beautiful, beautiful personal way to me, I received this very symbolic understanding. I received a very symbolic question and I needed to go away and do my work and really understand what Heavenly Father was trying to teach. And it answered a very long held question for me. And so it was just so beautiful. And what I want to say about that, that is this. If you feel like you don't have those experiences, if you feel like you're not having these significant spiritual experiences to you, he will not, the Lord will not keep them from you. He will not keep them from you. I swear to you right now, God wants to speak to us. He wants to give you these beautiful 
hidden treasures of knowledge, it says in the Doctrine and Covenants. And he will give them to you line upon line as you treasure the small ones and you act on them and you try and do them, he will give you more. And he will give you things that have been hidden from the beginning of the world until now. Things that are personal to you as you seek. If you're seeking for them, he will give them to you. And you're acting on them and you're building that those faithful milestones. You're building that temple. President Nelson is saying, just as the Salt Lake City Temple is having its structures redone, you we are doing unprecedented things to maintain the structural integrity of this building. Mm. In times to come, you will need to do things that are unprecedented in your life to maintain your and build up your spiritual foundation. Yeah. Things that you've never done before. And so my, my encouragement again is if you feel like you're not having those experiences, do those things. First of all, <laughs> but second of all, you need to be like someone listening to this now can be like, oh, I mean, it's in a whole different vibe of spirituality. I'm never going to get there. You need to be willing. Like you literally are seeking to understand your heavenly father. You are out there and you are trying to connect with him. You are working on connecting with him to a point where when you think of something while you're sleeping, you're waking up to write it down. Yeah. Most people, when they're tired, they're tired. If they're sleeping, they're sleeping. It's like, oh, I'll just remember it in the morning. Yeah. But you're literally I wouldn't day. have, by the way. The next day, I didn't remember what I wrote down. But you are working each day to actually try to connect with him. Yeah. And this is what it is to be... I don't know how say it without being mean or whatnot, but it me this is what it is to to be to be connected to your heavenly father, to be Christ like, to be wanting to just be more and to be connect I don't know how to say it, but you are trying every single and for those people who feel like I'll never have a connection with God or it takes those little steps where you listen to someone that you needed to pay long time ago and then it adds on adds on and you keep he keeps giving you he's not going to keep anything yeah. away from you one more one more thing i'll say about that specific yeah, experience yeah. is why did i receive that experience that night so mm. why was it that that particular night i had that particular experience there's two things the first one is that i was seeking for it mm-hmm. and if you're seeking for it the lord will bless you with it the second thing is I was asked to do something by President Nelson and I hadn't yet done it. But that day, I I decided to go and act and do that thing. And it was that night, because of the obedience to that thing, that I had that that experience. Mm -hmm. And so there are things that we can do to show the Lord that we're willing and ready Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's acts of obedience. And the thing that I acted in obedience to do was something that I didn't understand. I didn't want to do. And I would, in my normal daily life, I would do anything I possibly could to not do that thing. But, and he knew that I didn't want to do it and it wasn't something I was interested in doing. And he could see that because of that sacrifice, you were ready for this next step. You are ready to receive this next thing. And so I guess that the other part of that encouragement is the blessings of obedience to the gospel and to the, the those that have keys over us, our leadership and our prophet, 
The blessings of obedience are so real. If you're worried about following the prophet and the effects that that might have on your life, it doesn't matter if following the prophet causes you physical pain. It doesn't matter if following the prophet can cause you death. It doesn't matter if following the prophet can cause you, can cause someone in the world a potential issue. We have a, a scriptural history over thousands of years of when people have followed prophets and died. People have followed prophets, you know, unfortunately, people that followed prophets are generally hated by the world. And often bad things happen to them, but their reward is eternal. And the blessings for obedience are worth it. And, and that is an experience of me doing something I didn't want to do. And because I did that, I immediately received the blessing. I immediately received it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I was thinking the same sort of thing as what you were. Like, you know, I think um, the way we receive revelation and different things is different for all of us because we're all at different stages, right? Yeah, and I think stages. Yeah. yeah, and I think you received that because he knows that you would have looked into it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're at that stage where if he gives you this small little piece, you're actually going to go seek and find. Yeah. yeah. And no, otherwise, he, yeah. that's why you didn't get it five years ago. Yeah. You won't. That's exactly you won't why I didn't get it five years ago. Yeah. I wouldn't have. I, lo yeah. I love that. I love that. Mm. We're all at different stages, so don't think that Heavenly Father will be at the stage where you're at. It's not about levels, too. It's just about your understanding, you know what I mean? So but but you can get there. Yeah, I think, I think, I think the, joy, the joyful message is you're, you can have as close and as a special relationship in hearing and understanding the Lord as you're willing to sacrifice for, yeah, that's right, and seek for. So, yeah. so the choice is yours. The choice is every every one of yours. And the perfect example of that is missionary work. Yeah. How 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 often do you feel the spirit and stuff when you do a missionary work? Right. Mm -hmm. That's all you're doing. Yeah. The closest I have felt spiritually, well, the the strongest I felt spiritually is when I had the best calling. You know, so like when I was elder scoring president or exec sec, those two callings that were busy for me, they were when I felt like I was at my strongest. As soon as I got out of those callings, I felt like I dipped. Because what I haven't got into is that level of personal thing. But when, when I had my calling, I was serving. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was pushing, so it was pushing you into it. was pushing yeah. me to do yeah. it. So that's when I felt my best. You know what I mean? Um, and for you, it was probably a mission and serving on the yeah. bishopric now. Bishop, he said he's ready. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's not working away anymore. He's coming back. Let, he's let, ready. Let me tell you, every bishop I've spoken to since I've joined the church, I'm like, give me a busy calling. Yeah. I'll, I'll take it any day of the week. It's yeah. a good attitude. Yeah. Because of the fact I know, you know. that... I will be spiritually strongest when I'm in that calling. Yeah. Yeah. You give me something where I'm not going to do much, I'm probably going to struggle a bit for a while. Okay. Like, I'm just like that. What I take from Evan's um, awesome story there is um, because the, the crux of the whole thing that you realized, right, was it's about the building of Zion, right? And <clears throat> the, you can't, we can't build Zion if we don't start stepping out of or step out of Babylon. Right, yeah. and that's something that Evan's been really focusing on as yeah. well. That was, the, that was the context of my dream, by yeah. the way. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's been. I think did we mention this last part? I can't remember. But um, Ammon Ammon has been really focusing on you know removing Babylon from his life, right? Which is what we're all trying to do. I mean, who was it saying we need to remove the debris? 
from our lives. Uh, someone important. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people in their own ways. Yeah, yeah. But there was a conference talk where someone said that, but um, yeah. it's, it's been a popular topic. But um, So we're all striving to remove the debris from our lives, right? And to, and to um, step out of Babylon. And and move towards Zion and to become that Zion people. And we can't do it if we're not willing to step out of Babylon. And that's, that's a, that's a process. And we, and we can't do it if we don't know that there is supposed to be a Zion as well. I think we're, the scriptures teach us that in this time in the preceding the second coming, it's almost as if the saints are asleep and there needs to be a wake up and an understanding that the savior is going to come. And that in preparation for his coming, we have to build Zion, a literal physical place to have a f- literal physical gathering too, so we can literally worship in the temple and be one together. That's the, the more I'm coming awake to that, the more it's revealed unto me exactly what needs to be done and how, how to do it. So we're all around the world. People are waking up to the understanding that the Lord is coming. And that he wants us to be somewhere and he wants us to be something before he does that. And so I've just really enjoyed the process of trying to better understand that. Yeah. And and let people know, wake you wake anyone up that I possibly can. He's coming, guys. Yeah. And we've got to get ready. And if we don't wake up, he's gonna come as a thief in the night to us. Yeah. So let's be children of light that look towards his coming and we don't miss the signs, and then we'll be prepared. Hold up, hold up. up. (laughs) Where's your seatbelt? (laughs) It's not on for sure. Okay, there's two things I want to get out from there. One, you said he'll come to us as a thief in the night, uh, meaning we won't know who he is because we haven't been trying to... We haven't been preparing for him to come. Okay, that's one. Another thing is how do we know that we're in Babylon? Look around you, mate. (laughs) No, but for yourself... An example, like how do you know that you yeah. are in Babylon and you need to get out of Babylon? Well, you're not know, in the sense of the country or whatnot, yeah. but you and the things that you do. How do you know that this is not a good place for me? I need to get out. Well, um, if you think of it this way, right? Everything that's not the church or leading towards Zion is Babylon. It's everything else. It's the world. It's the distractions. I think we, we had this discussion, I think with me and my wife and someone else recently about um, the devil doesn't need to um, necessarily get you to break commandments or sin. He just needs to distract you. That's right. Right. Yep. And so Babylon, the world is one huge giant distraction, a time waste. Yep. That's one of the things. I mean, I think it's, it's things that waste time, right? And that's like, there's some things I really know I need to improve on. And a lot of it is just, I waste time doing things that I, that are a waste of time. Um, and don't get me wrong. I spent a lot of time studying and things now too, but this, I could do better, you know? But what is, what would Heavenly Father want us to sit in the home and study? No, no, obviously not. I mean, so what? Know, like, like, I mean, well, you know what? Maybe in an ideal world, he, he does want us to do that. I don't know, but I think on the outset, when you talk, when you have this discussion, it's really easy to be like, oh, I, like, I do enough church stuff. Does yeah. he want me just to live in the scriptures? Like, do yeah, I just have yeah. to live in the scriptures all day? And what I'll say is this, if you're tr- just striving, and I think striving is a really beautiful word. If you're striving to do these things and your building blocks are getting built up by having these faithful experiences, what actually happens is your heart changes 
and he inserts a new heart with new desires. Mm. So the things that used to make me really, really happy, and I used to think about constantly during the day, and I can't wait to get to the weekend so I can do them, and I can't wait to do this so I can buy that to do that. I don't even have that heart anymore. It's not even in me anymore. He put a new heart in me. My heart has changed. So my desires are the moment that I get a moment to think about something, it just goes to his kingdom. It just goes to how do I improve myself? I've got to work on my, I've got to work on this. I've got a paper I'm working on that's helping me better understand something. Like that's where my joy is. That's where my happiness is. And it's not because I'm like, I better, you know what? I better do a church thing today or I better do more church things today because I feel bad. He's actually put a new heart into me and now all of a sudden my desires aren't the same. It, my appetites and my desires are not the same. We talk about uh, a mining in safety. We talk about the difference between compliance. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to do my study because I'm meant to do my study every day to commitment. There's the two different things. And once, once the compliance thing goes and becomes the commitment part of it and that's where you're at. Yeah. You know, you've got the commitment to go through with it, not just I'm doing my study because I'm meant to study. It's like a rule. Yeah. It's something you really want to do. You want to live that side of things. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully that. You have some yeah. I, well, to answer your other question, which was, I don't remember the exact question, but it, the savior for the people that are unprepared, they haven't been looking for the signs. The savior is going to come to them as a thief in the night. Mm-hmm. When Joseph Smith was alive, just before he was martyred, he had two two dreams right before, like days before he was martyred, he had these dreams. And they're really significant for us in our time. Um, one of them was he had a dream about a steamboat. And the reason I'm bringing this up specifically is I, I had an interpretation of this dream. <laughs> so it's really, really significant to me. And the takeaway that I got from mine is the same that I'm going to give you from his. Mm-hmm. So in his dream... In February 1844, this was four months prior to his death, this one, Joseph Smith had a dream, which he related to Wilford Woodruff, Willard Richards, and W.W. Phelps. He stated, I was standing on a peninsula in the midst of a vast body of water where there appeared to be a large harbour or pier built out for boats to come to. I was surrounded by my friends, and while looking at this harbour, I saw a steamboat approaching the harbour. There were bridges on the pier for persons to cross, and there came up a wind and drove the steamboat under one of the bridges and upset it. So the boat was sinking. Yeah. I ran up to the boat expecting the persons would all drown and wishing to do something to assist them. I put my hand against the side of the boat and with one surge, I shoved it under the bridge and righted it up and then told them to take care of themselves. But it was not long before I, before I saw them starting out to the channel or main body of water again, the storms were raging and the waters rough. I said to my friends that if they did not understand the signs of the times and the spirit of prophecy, they would be apt to be lost. It was but a few moments after that when we saw the waves break over the boat and she soon foundered and went down with all on board. So he ha- basically what happened is he had this experience where he could see that there were people that didn't understand they were in danger. So there was clearly that boat's mm. sinking. But, and he thought that everyone was going to die. And his first thought was, I need to try and help these people understand and save, understand they're in danger and then try and save them. And so he did what he could. He fixed the boat, but the people didn't get it. And they went straight back out 
and the waves were rough. And he said to his mates at the time, if those people who get into danger and they can't see the dangers that are around them spiritually, if they don't understand the signs of the time and the spirit of prophecy, they're going to be out to be lost. Mm. And what he's talking about is the people in our church, right? Everywhere, but especially us. So if we don't want the Savior Jesus Christ to come to the earth and in, in a way that we're not prepared for, he comes like a thief because we don't know he's quietly and in his own way, tiptoeing his way around the earth, doing his thing. We need to understand the signs of the times, which we have scriptures absolutely loaded with prophecies of the signs of the second coming of Jesus Christ. We're commanded to know what they are. We're commanded to look for them. We're commanded to not have him be a thief to us, but to come openly and we know that he's coming. And also the spirit of prophecy, which is really interesting. And what, what are we supposed to do? When we know the signs, we're supposed to be the ones that push that boat out and ride it. We're supposed to be the ones that the scriptures call them almighty Israel. He calls those people that are willing to serve and protect and wake others up. He calls them his Israel. He calls them his watchmen on the towers because they stand at the tower and they see the danger and they call out and they alert the people to wake them up and mm. get them ready. So we need to be the watchmen on the towers. We need to be his, all of his Israel. Or in other words, what I shared before, saviors on Mount Zion, preparing the way for the city of Zion in preparation for the coming of Jesus Christ. And if we're doing those things, we're trying to be those watchmen. What we're doing right now is part of that. We're trying to wake people up. We're trying to let them know the Savior is coming. We need to get ready. You need to get ready. Um, we will be those watchmen, and it's those people that will be involved in the building up of this beautiful city and this beautiful kingdom. Nice one. Yeah. Oh, that's deep. Yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you a hundred times over for that. I understood half of it, so when I listen to this podcast, I'll probably understand a little bit more. Um, but last time when we shared um, our, uh, I remember I asked a question, and you didn't get a chance to share. No, we got well. We got halfway through the question, and then it diverted off into something I said because we're good at derailing. But um, <laughs> so the question. Well, I mean, it's probably good to finish off what uh, just on what Ammon said because it was nice to finish. But I'll, I'll, I'll answer the question. Why not? Um, so the question you asked was, "What does God mean?" You asked yeah. us each, "What does God mean to us?" And then you also said, "Share your favorite scripture." So. Um, I got to the point in my story where I mentioned that I was less active for a little while and that's mm -hmm. where we sort of veered off. So what does God mean to me, right? Um, the reason I mentioned the whole less activity thing and um, and it's a shame that it's kind of veering away from this, this subject of revelation a little bit, but it's kind of isn't, isn't. So um, while I was less active, um, you know, I, I grew up in the church and when you grow up in the church, um, you... Like I say, you take a lot of things for granted. You take for granted um, that Heavenly Father is there because you, you know, I, I, knew, I know He is. I've always known He was. Um, and so you, you actually do involve Him 
whether you realize it or not, in all the things that you do, well, hopefully you do, right? I did, right? So my whole life I served a mission. Obviously, I'm always relying on him. You know, are you helping me? Help me, please. Mm. Help me with this. I need to make this decision. Is it right? You know, everything. And then um, when we sort of went less active, just again, out of laziness, right? I started relying on myself, right? Um, and, and it was fine. Like I still did fine. Like life didn't get bad because I didn't, um, ask Heavenly Father for his, um, help in everything. Um, in fact, life got pretty cruisy because like I say, you don't go to church on Sundays. You've got a, you've got an extra day to do whatever you want. You know what I mean? Um, but I relied on myself a lot and, um, what I see now after coming back to church, I have this really clear view on the, um, the beauty and the, the, the wonderful opportunity it is to include him in everything, right? Because relying on the arm of the flesh or yourself, I'm an idiot, right? So I don't want to, I don't want to rely on myself, right? And I also, like I say, I'm prideful. I think a lot of myself sometimes too much. And, but, and so no, but you don't, you know, so that's bad, right? So, you, he wants confirmation of that. No, 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 that's don't. bad. No, no, right. don't. Everyone, we don't. Exactly. No. So, what I'm trying to, what I'm, the, the whole point I'm trying to get to is now, now that um, um, we're back in church, which has been the greatest, um, I think it's been a year, year and a half, been the greatest year and a half, um, honestly, it's been so wonderful. So, I have this really clear delineation of the difference of relying on myself, relying on um what I think and feel as opposed to including Heavenly Father and everything. And so what I do, like I say, I treat, who is God to me? I treat him in ev- like like my real father on earth and I include him in everything. He's always in my thoughts and everything mm. that I do at work, um, at, at play, at, at anything I do, mm. I, I, um, I'm trying to do it with him in mind. Would he be happy with this? Um, please help me with this. Um, is this right? Uh, everything, right? Like bouncing it off him. He wants you to make the decisions, but he'll help you if you mm-hmm. ask him. So that's what I'm trying to do is rely on him more. And I can see the wonderful blessings in my life of doing that. Now that I have this really clear view, because like I say, growing up in the church before, it's always been how it was. But I, I, I know that the arm of flesh is weak, you know, and it, sh- it can't be, it can't be rested on alone. Um, which is great talk conference about that from, um, he's the president of BYU Idaho and he talks about, um, basically, you know, as, uh, men are measured. I think it's called the mismeasurement of man. The talk's not called that, but that's what he talks about. The mismeasurement of man being measured on our physical attributes, our stature. You might remember the talk. It's the one where he had the graphs. It was quite an interesting talk because he had pictures of graphs doing this. You might remember. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. From this and he says, I listens to most. Of yeah, them. yeah. So he yeah. and he talks about um, how, uh, and we're going to cover this talk, I think, actually, because it's really good. But he talks about the world looking at where we start in life. Yes. Our, our um, yeah. um, what's the word for it? The intercept. Yeah. Where do we start? Our intercept. Um, not where we're going. What, what we should be worried about more is where we're going and whether it's what God wants us to do. But That's what the right. world looks at is our. Um, our stature, our money, our jobs, our title, our salary, uh, all these things. Success. Success. But all these things don't matter, right? Um, and all God really cares about, not where you start, but where you're heading and where you're going to end up. And why are they... Oh, sorry. Why is it such a... They don't matter, but why do we... I guess it's just humans. Eh? Babylon. 
Yeah. Sorry, yeah, blah, blah, keep going. Yeah, no, so, so so that's it. So um, I all that's what I'm trying to get at is who is God to me? He is everything and he is, um, I, I involve him in everything. And then you asked me what my favorite scripture was. And um, a bit, there's probably a billion of them. But this, this one, um, this was actually another bit of revelation. I won't go into it because it'll take too long. But this was something I was thinking about Joseph Smith. And um, you would have heard this scripture because it's great. Um, but it's from Joseph Smith history. And it's also in um, Doctrine and Covenants 122. So it was part of his history. Um, I think it was when he was in, was it, it was in Carthage Jail? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. Liberty Jail. Yes, he was in Liberty Jail. And um, obviously that was a nightmare of a time, right? Um, yeah. He couldn't stand up. He was so, you know, the, the the roof was so, so small. And he was in there for months and it was just squalor and the worst time ever. So sorry. Um, so... Joseph Smith was in Liberty Jail. <laughs> what a what an ironic name! Yeah, the first jail. Mm-hmm. So he was in jail for. Uh, well, it, I mean, of course, because one of his best friends got upset with the church and testified against him in court mm-hmm. because he was angry at him. And then he was sent thrown to jail. into jail mm-hmm. many many times. The prophet of the yeah. Okay. Many times, Joseph's closest friends and confidants um, actually betrayed him. If thou art called to pass through tribulations, if thou art in perils among false brethren, if thou art in perils among robbers, if thou art in perils by land or by sea, if thou art accused with all manner of false accusations, if thine enemies fall upon thee, if they tear thee from the society of thy father and mother and brethren and sisters, and if with a drawn sword thine enemies tear thee from the bosom of thy wife and of thine offspring, And thine eldest son, although but six years of age, shall cling to thy garments and shall say, My father, my father, why can't you stay with us? O my father, what are the men going to do with you? And then if he shall be thrust from thee by the sword, and thou be dragged to prison, and thine enemies prowl around thee like wolves for the blood of the lamb, and if thou shouldst be cast into the pit, or into the hands of murderers, and the sentence of death passed upon thee, if thou, sh- if thou be cast into the deep, if the billowing surge conspire against thee, if fierce winds become thine enemy, if the heavens gather blackness and all the elements combine to hedge up the way, and above all, if the very jaws of hell shall gape open the mouth wide after thee, know thou, my son, that these things shall give thee experience and shall be for thy good. And so just quickly... <laughs> A lot of these things happen to him, like, and, and, and mm-hmm. on a level that most of us will probably never understand. And uh, and we sort of talked before about how these things will give give people experience, right? We experience these things. We follow the prophet, we follow God, and and sometimes bad things happen, and it's for our experience and for our good. In the very next verse: The Son of Man hath descended below them all. Art thou greater than he? Mm-hmm. You know, so, and a bit, a bit, just a touch on it, a bit of the revelation that I received, I was thinking about Joseph Smith and, I mean, he died a martyr, right? He died for this, this um, wonderful religion that he was able to restore to the earth, right? Um, what a blessing and a burden um, and what an amazing man. And he died a martyr um, for the truth, right? Because it is true. And uh, the amount of things that he had to go through. I can't even fathom, okay? Um, 
and this this really lays it out like if all these things thing after thing the worst things that you can imagine and if even hell gapes open after thee all these things shall give the experience it shall be for thy good the son of man hath descended below them all art thou greater than he the savior has done and taken away all of that for us he's he's experienced all of that for us and more and has taken away and and taken that burden upon himself for all of us um and so that's one of my favorite scriptures art thou greater than he? art thou greater than he and obviously we're not right because right. he is the greatest so and the purpose of our entire life is actually to have that experience yeah, yeah. that's the experience that we're supposed to yeah. have we're supposed yeah. to be tried like abraham and what will you do when you when that experience comes your way? Just That's what we're yeah. That is the test yeah. of life. Will you be distracted from those distractions we talked about earlier? Yeah, yeah. You know, or will you be ready to receive revelation and be able to act upon it? Yeah. And in the sense of to find joy in all that too. But for me, the what gets me in that is, art thou greater than he? Mm-hmm. So if Christ has gone through all that, what makes you think you shouldn't go through all that? Yeah, yeah. in your own in personal your own, way. In your own way. Yeah. So, do you think he turned around? Well, you know, in the sense of saying, "Oh, God doesn't love me. He doesn't care about me. What not? What not?" That's not the case. We are all going to go through things. God loves Jesus Christ, but He still experienced all those things. Yeah. So we are going to experience, and this is for all of us. You know, even the listeners. We are going to experience hardship in this world and whether, and it's not for you to think that God doesn't love me or he doesn't care about me. He loves us and he cares about us. But think of all those times that you've gone through all those experiences, you've grown and you've become such a better person. Like for example, me and my family, all that we're going through right now with everything is to better us. Well, there's another episode of uh, LDS Down Under and Two Brothers. We really enjoy uh, having these conversations about the gospel and and sharing each other's experiences and thoughts. And we're grateful for Two Brothers for joining us. We're grateful for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and our Heavenly Father. And we pray that uh, you guys received some revelation and maybe some experiences through that. And I know we did. And we look forward to doing many more recordings and heading into 2022. I just added on a little uh, video or uh, audio, I should say. It's a missionary parody. It's a Dell song, Hello, and the missionaries have uh, made their own version of it. Classic video. It's on YouTube, uh, but I've got the audio on here so you guys can have a listen to it. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, but we love you guys. Um, God bless you all, and uh, hopefully we'll hear from you guys soon. Hello, it's us We were wondering if after dinner you would like to meet To go over our beliefs They say the gospel's supposed to heal you And it's done much healing Hello, can you hear me? We're from Provo, Utah, teaching about who he used to be. We are only 19, 
Oh, I forgot to tell you this is my companion, Elder Pete. There's such a difference between us, cause we don't drink tea. How are you? It's so typical of us to talk about the Nephite stories. We hope that you're swell. Did you ever make it out to church, or can we still make that happen? It's no secret. Then three hours of church is a heck of a long time Sir!
that song is so powerful. You know, like, oh man, gets me every time. I feel like I'm doing one of those Marvel video things where if you stay to the very end, you get like a little extra little snippet. I know me and Crystal the other day were at Spider-Man and we were like one of the only people that stayed behind. And if you don't see the ending of those things, the other movies won't all line up properly. Like you've got to stay to the end, people. Stay to the end. That's where the magic happens. But uh, yeah, just want to say uh, looking forward to a big 2022 um, we have big plans. We want to get some YouTube stuff up and running soon, and uh, which will be really good fun. Um, and yeah, we love you guys. And uh, thanks for hanging to the end of our video because this is LDS Down Under.